On this episode of Blue 58, the 2018 season already feels like a distant memory as the Packers dive headlong into their coaching search. With two interviews already done and more on the way, let's try to separate the contenders from the pretenders, all while wondering if the Packers are somehow taking too long already. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast to thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink. I am excited to be with you here once again. And I meant that, what I said up top. It does feel like the 2018 season is already a distant, distant memory. Uh, Remember, you know, 15 years ago when the Packers played the Detroit Lions and got shut out in Week 17? Boy, just a long, long time ago. So much has happened since then, and probably partly because this is still a holiday week and we've had to navigate all those things. It does seem like it's just taken a real long time to get here to Wednesday. Well, Tuesday as I record this, but you get the idea. Um, to get through this process. And it's been exciting and interesting to watch this all unfold. And I think the best way to really sort through what we've seen so far, as the Packers have interviewed a few guys, have lined up a couple other interviews, are reportedly interested in a few other people, is to play a game. And this is the game we're going to call Interview or Candidate. We know that the Packers are going to interview a whole bunch of people. It seemed pretty obvious from early on that the Packers' approach was kind of going to be shotgun-ish. They're going to throw a bunch of names out there, interview a bunch of those names, and kind of just sort through it from there. But we know that not all interviews are created equally. Some candidates are going to be guys that the Packers are actually interested in, Others are guys that they're just feeling out, and others are guys who may not necessarily be interested in the job, but are talking to the Packers anyway. Sometimes you take these interviews, you know, for experience, just to see what the process is like. That's actually how Mike Pettin ended up with the Cleveland Browns head coaching job, which is either a really good thing or a really bad thing, depending on how you look at it, if you accidentally become the head coach of a football team. But the point is that not all interviews are the same. So let's Sort through us, sort through this by taking a look at the names that we have firmly connected to the Packers, that is, names they have either interviewed or requested to interview, or are anticipated to request to interview, and identify them either as a real candidate or just an interview. Is this guy a real candidate for the Packers head coaching job, or are the Packers just interviewing him for their own reasons, whatever those reasons may be. And the first name on our list is Jim Caldwell. The Packers reportedly interviewed Caldwell prior to their last game of the season, and most people are not super excited about him. Our approval rating poll on Twitter pegs him at just 10% approval among Packers fans out there on the internet. But although he is unexciting, he's got plenty of head coaching experience, and we talked about that fairly at length last week. He was the coach of the Lions, prior to that the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He was also the long-tenured head coach at Wake Forest. Uh, Had some pretty high-level experience with the Colts, even when he wasn't their head coach. was kind of Tony Dungy's right-hand man there. He was also a high-ranking member of Joe Paterno's staff for a long time. So Jim Caldwell, candidate or interview? I think he is a legitimate candidate. He's had enough success in enough different roles throughout the NFL and in college to justify a serious look. 
And it's kind of like we said with some of the people last week. He may not be the best choice, but he's not necessarily the wrong choice if the Packers would choose to hire him. And I realize that is probably not exactly what you're going for in your next head coach, but you could probably do worse than Jim Caldwell. I wouldn't be over the moon if they hired him, but it's not like he's going to set the franchise back half a decade. I think his struggles in Detroit were largely because of what Detroit is as an organization and the way they tend to do things. Would that be different in Green Bay? Who really knows right now, given the things that are going on in that franchise? But you'd have to think, generally speaking, he'd probably be a little bit further ahead of the curve there. Still, not overly exciting, but I think he is a legitimate candidate. Next name up, and these first couple ones are going to go pretty quick because we spent some time talking about him last week, but Chuck Pagano up next. He also reportedly was interviewed prior to the Packers' last game, and he's polling at just 5% in our approval rating poll online. He's an interesting contrast to Jim Caldwell because he actually has relatively little high-level experience. We gave you the rundown of his background last week, and uh, we've got the coaching profile up at thepowersweep.com. So candidate or interview on Pagano. I think this is really just an interview because you stack up Chuck Pagano's resume next to Jim Caldwell's, and it barely looks like they're in the same profession. Look at the head coaching experience. Pagano has six seasons of head coaching experience with Indianapolis. Caldwell has 15 years with Detroit, Indianapolis, and Wake Forest. Coordinator experience. Well, Pagano has been an NFL coordinator for one season and two college seasons. Caldwell was an offensive coordinator for a season and a half in the NFL, as well as seven college seasons. And you look at their other high-level experience. Pagano, other than those that one season in the NFL as a coordinator and those two in college, he has never spent any of his time above the position coach level, other than his head coaching time. He's never been a defensive coordinator for an extended period. He's never really helped construct an offensive or defensive identity other than his time as a head coach. Caldwell, just in Indianapolis, had seven seasons as an associate head coach with the Colts. Again, Tony Dungy's right-hand man. So Pagano ultimately just seems like a guy they're talking to, and to me, it's a little weird that they're even wasting any time talking to him at all. So those are the two interviews that we know have been done already. Now we get a little bit into the hypothetical situation because although the Packers have requested some interviews with some of these other guys, there's no guarantee those interviews actually take place outside of two that we've confirmed already. And it gets a little bit of bit iffy, especially with this first candidate, Pat Fitzgerald. The Packers formally requested an interview with Fitzgerald this week. And it's worth remembering that the Northwestern Athletic Director can deny that request. The Packers can't just go directly to Fitzgerald and see if he wants to interview for the job. They have to get permission from the Athletic Director. Fitzgerald is not a particularly popular choice, but his name keeps popping up. He's got just 15% approval rating. He has just a 15% approval rating in our poll, And anytime we bring him up, there's a lot of negative pushback about him. And I understand that just watching his personality, I can see how he would be a little bit abrasive. I am not super interested in college 
coaches as a category. So that's my particular concern with him. But I think we're a ways away from really talking about, hey, is this going to happen? Are we going to do this with Pat Fitzgerald? But we got to keep an eye at him because his name keeps coming up. Because even after he said, after Northwestern's bowl win this week, that he's not going anywhere, the Packers are apparently still going to make a push to talk with him. And there may be some sway in the Green Bay organization as to getting him to do that, given Mark Murphy's connections to Northwestern. It's also worth bearing in mind that the word of both college organizations and college coaches is worth absolutely nothing. There's absolutely no reason to take anybody's word on anything about anything at all. So if Fitzgerald is just like, I'm going to stay at Northwestern, well, that might be great for him to say on Monday, but on Wednesday he might be suddenly interested in talking to the Packers. When a a college organization, a college program says we're committed to this guy being our head coach, well, that might last a season, half a season, a month, and then a couple things change and suddenly you got to go in a different direction. If you really want to see how this plays out, just look at how Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley handled their situation. Lincoln Riley's name came up. For a while, Lincoln Riley didn't say anything. Then he came out last week and said, I I think I'm going to be at Oklahoma long term. And then what happens today? Oh, Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley agree to a contract extension that's going to pay him more money. That is the real rubber meeting the road there. Don't take anybody's word for it. Wait for the contract to come out. And even then, things can change. Because Cliff Kingsbury signed a contract with USC, and apparently he is at least not completely uninterested in hearing about NFL jobs. So, all that to say, don't take anybody's word for it if they say they're staying in a particular job or not interested in a particular job. Assuming Pat Fitzgerald ultimately does interview Is he a real candidate or is he just a conversation? Well, I think he's pretty obviously a candidate here. This is somebody, even if you don't like him, that you're going to have to take seriously in this conversation about the next Packers head coach. The connections are just too hard to ignore. Mark Murphy clearly likes him. You already hired him once. Brian Gutekunst reportedly also likes him. Tom Silverstein and Pete Doherty have both reported this. And if you're interested in the CEO-style head coach, Pat Fitzgerald is is a guy who's a pretty good option. David Shaw doesn't look like he's coming along anytime soon. So if you like a guy who just oversees your entire program and tries to put good people in position to, you know, call the X's and O's, Fitzgerald might be the kind of guy you like. It still seems like there's a lot of work for him to do to make it happen at the NFL level. But we're a ways away from that because Northwestern still has to agree to let him interview at all. Fitzgerald, though, is a real candidate. And we're going to keep hearing about him until he gets that Lincoln-Riley deal and gets a a couple years added to his contract and a little more money. Which, after a bowl win like they had this week and a top 20 finish in the polls, might not be that far outside the question, even though he just signed a contract extension a couple years ago. Josh McDaniels is probably the biggest name 
on our list. And the Packers requested permission to talk to him this week and have been granted permission to talk to him and will do so, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, they will do so on Friday of this week, just a couple days away. Our poll reveals some fairly strong support for McDaniels as the next head coach of the Packers. 53% of voters would approve of him taking over the head coaching job in Green Bay. He is one of just three candidates so far who have polled above 50%, along with Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people, including quite a few blue check marks, have speculated that he would want the job if it was offered. But take that with a grain of salt because he has been offered head coaching jobs within the last year and has taken them, apparently, and then turned them down, more or less leaving the Colts at the altar. You know that whole situation. But let's ask the question, is Josh McDaniels a candidate or is he an interview? This one seems like a slam dunk as well. He's a real candidate here. He is the most decorated coordinator on the market. He has been a head coach before, albeit with pretty unspectacular results. And it's hard to bring in a name like that just to have him be a guy you're trying to talk to and feel out. It's a lot easier to do with guys like Jim Caldwell and Chuck Pagano who have been out of the game a little bit. Yeah, you can just bring them in, talk to them a little bit, see if they'd maybe be interested in being on somebody's staff. Feel them out. See what they know about what's going on in the industry. With Josh McDaniels, the active offensive coordinator for one of the highest profile teams in the league, that's a little bit harder to do. He's a real candidate, and he's going to get a real shot at this Packers job. Then you've got his co-worker, Brian Flores. Interesting, interesting guy here. The Packers requested him this week, and there's a lot of moving parts here to consider, more than you might think about just at first glance. Our poll on him isn't over yet, but currently he's at 22% as of this recording. Um, He has been the Patriots' de facto defensive coordinator this week. He calls their plays on defense, as well as their linebackers coach. I think Flores might be the kind of guy who gets a big-time defensive coordinator job someday or or a head coaching job in the relatively near future. But right now, I think he's in what I would describe as the Leslie Frazier Memorial Minority Head Coach Car Wash stage of his career. That's a long way of saying he is a minority coaching option, so a lot of people want to bring him in for an interview for good and bad reasons at this point of his career. He has interviewed for high-profile jobs in past seasons, and he's been requested for a couple interviews along with the Packers this week. But I think it's tough to suss out whether or not he's a real candidate in any of those opportunities or whether people just want him to fulfill their Rooney Rule requirements. And I hate that you have to throw that caveat in there. It's just such a silly and I think probably necessary on balance part of this whole process, but I wish it wasn't that way. All that notwithstanding, is he a candidate or is he an interview? Well, I would like to read you a little bit of what I wrote about Flores in our coaching profile published today at thepowersweep.com. Check out the entire thing because there's some interesting stuff in there about his background as a coach and his philosophy as a coach. Um, But here's what I broke down on handicapping his chances. We've been rating all these guys out out of five, and I gave him a one out of five chance of being the Packers' next head coach. My out of five rankings is 
Um, basically, think of it as a coin flip. What are the chances of that coin flip coming up heads to be the next head coach or tails to be the next head coach? How much do you weight that one way or another? Um, is it more than 50% or, or less than 50%? So everybody kind of starts at two and a half. And if they nail the interview, are their, co- are their chances going to be more than 50% or less than 50% of being the next Packers head coach? And I gave him a one out of five, and here was my reasoning. In his extensive breakdown on Pat Fitzgerald's coaching candidacy, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Tom Silverstein dropped an interesting nugget about Packers interviews with Jim Caldwell and Chuck Pagano. Silverstein argued the Packers' conversations with the two former head coaches served a dual purpose. First, the Packers got a chance to see what kind of fit each would be as the team's next head coach. But second, and perhaps just as importantly, the Packers got to feel out how each coach would feel about being a part of the next coaching staff in a role other than head coach. I think the second purpose could be a key part of the decision to interview Brian Flores. While he may be a legitimate head coaching candidate... Taking the top job would be a pretty big jump for a guy with only one year of coordinator-esque experience, and that coordinator-esque designation is important, because while Flores calls the defensive plays in New England, he is not actually their defensive coordinator. He is listed as their linebackers coach. Since he's quote-unquote only the the Patriots linebackers coach, they wouldn't be able to block a move if he was offered a defensive coordinator job. NFL teams can only block lateral moves, and jumping to Green Bay to become the Packers' defensive coordinator would technically be a promotion for Flores. So in a scenario where Josh McDaniels was offered the head coach position in Green Bay, it's not a big jump to suggest that Flores, who works with McDaniels in New England, could be a natural choice to be the Packers' next defensive coordinator. Even if he doesn't end up getting the Packers' head coaching job, Flores could still be a name to watch. Again, read the entire profile on Flores at thepowersweep.com. I think that's a pretty interesting thing to keep an eye on here. He may not ultimately be a head coaching option for the Packers, but that doesn't mean he's not a part of this process. And we see this happen all the time. Guys will interview for head coaching jobs only to end up coming back as a coordinator. Matt LaFleur did this with the Titans last year. He interviewed to be their head coach. They decided to go in a different direction, but he ultimately signed on as their offensive coordinator. Just last year, a little bit differently, but still, Vic Fangio interviewed to be the Bears' next head coach, but stayed on as their defensive coordinator instead. This happens fairly regularly, and it wouldn't be surprising to see something like that happen here. Moving on to another confirmed interview here. Okay, yeah, we should put a bow on that real quick. Uh, Flores, I think, just an interview for those reasons we laid out. But uh, that doesn't mean that you should take him lightly. Moving on to another confirmed interview for the Packers. Dan Campbell, uh, the New Orleans Saints tight ends coach, uh, requested by the Packers this week, and they have been granted permission to interview him this Saturday in New Orleans. According to PackersNews.com, there were some reports around that he was going to be interviewed on Friday. Looks like it's actually going to take place on Saturday. Not a very popular guy. Uh, He's got a 9% approval rating, according to our polls. Campbell is an interesting guy in some respects. He's been through this process before. He's got some head coaching experience in Miami, taking over for Joe Philbin there. He also interviewed for the head coaching gig in Indianapolis last spring after Josh McDaniels did the things that Josh McDaniels did. So the question, is he a candidate or just an interview? 
I think he's just an interview. I don't see a lot of really big, bold reasons to be super on board with Dan Campbell. I feel like this is a situation where the Packers are saying, other guys have talked to this guy, so let's interview him and see what the big deal was about. Sometimes you end up going to a restaurant just because other people have said it's good, not because you're really all that interested in what's going on there. You go it because other people have gone there and see what's, you know, said it's good. So you go check it out yourself. I just don't get Dan Campbell as a head coaching candidate. He does the tough guy, motivator, leader type routine, and that's fine, but I'm not sure how long a shelf life that has. And it seems like a big jump for him to become a head coach after having relatively minimal coordinator experience. I do understand the appeal of Dan Campbell in some respects. He's, he, he does do the tough guy thing. But if you compare him to Mike Patton, who also has this kind of tough guy ex, uh, expression, this tough, tough guy demeanor, Patton is thoughtful and adaptive. And he doesn't do any of the macho coaching stuff that Dan Campbell does. When he took over in Miami, they ran a lot more full contact stuff. They did the Oklahoma drills in practice. Uh, Look it up if you don't know what that is. Violent uh, drill to do in practice, really hitting on your own guys. That's kind of silly. Does all the rah-rah morale type stuff. He seems like the kind of guy who's better suited to a support role. And I'm not sure that that role is in Green Bay. So I think he's really just an interview. Mike Munchak, continuing down our list, was also requested by the Packers this week. Pittsburgh's offensive line coach, we don't have poll numbers on him just yet. Is he a candidate or an interview? Early on, I thought he was just an interview, just a name that the Packers are throwing a line out on and seeing what they can do. But I, as I've thought about this, and as I've read a little bit more about Mike Munchak, I think he's a lot like some of the other candidates the Packers are talking to. And Gary really put this, put a fine point on this. Gary's done great work on uh, on thepowersweep.com saying on top of all these rumors. Uh, but I want to read you part of his summary of Munchak's candidacy in Green Bay. Quote, Munchak furthers a trend that is beginning to emerge as candidates appear on Green Bay's radar. The Packers are content to look past blemishes on a coach's resume. Consider the following dark marks on candidates' resumes. Munchak's three years record, three-year record, excuse me, as Titans head coach was 22 and 26, and Tennessee never won more than nine games or made the postseason during his tenure. Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels was very, very nearly named the head coach of the Colts in early 2018 before unceremoniously dumping them to return to New England. In Saints tight ends coach Dan Campbell's time as Dolphins interim head coach, he fired both coordinators, ran the most physical practices in the NFL, and rearranged players' lockers. He's likely best suited as a supporting coach, not a head coach. Former Colts head coach Chuck Pagano fought off termination in two consecutive years, and each successive season seemed to lose more of the locker room as the year wore on. And former Lions and Colts head coach Jim Caldwell had a 4-25 and record against teams who finished their seasons with winning records over his four seasons in Detroit. So painting with a broad brush, the Packers, as epitomized by Mike Munchak and Dan Campbell, really, seem to be gravitating a little bit towards tough, hard-nosed personality guys, with the exception of Jim Caldwell, who seemed to burn out rather than fade away. They tried some things. They were they were tough, hard-nosed guys, and they 
ultimately kind of crashed. I think the Packers are going to take a serious look at Mike Munchak. I think they are probably lured a little bit by his Hall of Fame playing resume and by the success he's had with Pittsburgh's offensive line. This could be another kind of two-fronted interview where they're seeing if he may be interested in a more substantial role in Green Bay than he has in Pittsburgh. I have a hard time seeing him as a, a super like high-level candidate, but I think he is a, a real candidate. Finally, rounding out the requests the Packers have made, we've got to talk about Matt LaFleur, the current offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. The Packers requested an interview with him this week. We've yet to see what time they'll be talking with Matt LaFleur. He's got a 43 approval, 43% approval rating in our poll. His connections to both Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, he looks like the relatively standard I guess, kind of archetype of what a lot of Packers internet seems to be jonesing for in the next head coach. They want a young guy, an offensive background, somebody from the Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay school. So if you're interested in that, it's hard to do a lot better than Matt LaFleur. He was Sean McVay's offensive coordinator in 2017. He worked very closely with Kyle Shanahan in Houston and Washington and Atlanta. He also worked with Sean McVay in Washington. But how much of the success that he experienced in those places is a result of what Matt LaFleur did? He didn't get an interview in Atlanta to be their next offensive coordinator after Kyle Shanahan left for San Francisco. He was only around for one season in Los Angeles, and he interviewed for Tennessee's head coaching job, but he didn't get it, as we said earlier. So it's possible, I think, that he could be one of those dual-purpose sort of interviews. You want to be an offensive coordinator? Is there a chance you'd be interested in being part of that if you don't, you know, Get an opportunity to grow your role in Tennessee. Is he a candidate then, or is he just an interview? I think he's more in that interview vein. There is a chance that they could work out some things where he ends up staying in Tennessee if they don't want to let him go for a lateral move. But I think this is the Packers using this head coaching interview to feel out how interested he'd be in being part of what's going on in Green Bay. And I think my reluctance with Lafleur is what do you look at with him where you point to that and say, yep, this is head coaching material. He doesn't have a lot of background or reputation as an interview or innovator. He has had limited success in his first real big-time gig, although Tennessee is not exactly rich with talent. And to me, it kind of seems like you're just reaching for a branch from the McVeigh or Shanahan trees just because that's the trendy thing to do. So I'm not sure how serious a candidate he is, but I think he is worth an interview. So where does that leave us so far? Out of the seven that we know that the Packers have requested interviews with, we've got four candidates and three interviews. The candidates are Jim Caldwell, Pat Fitzgerald, Josh McDaniels, and Mike Munchak. The interviews are Chuck Pagano, Brian Flores, and Matt LaFleur. That's not too terrible of a list. And it's actually a little bit longer than that because there's some other names floating around. Todd Bowles, the former New York Jets head coach, is a rumored object of interest for the Packers. But you talk about your unexcited candidates. I mean, he's right up there with Jim Caldwell. Well-regarded, but underwhelming a little bit. Uh, you've got Adam Gase, released of, from his duties by the Dolphins this week. An offensive mind, quote-unquote, who hasn't produced much offense after 
He departed Denver and uh, his working relationship with Peyton Manning. He did have high levels of success with Peyton Manning, about the highest levels you can reach. The Packers are reportedly interested in Gase, but we haven't heard about a request for sure so far. We've got Eric Bieniemy floating around out there. No request from the Packers so far, and he is interviewing elsewhere, but he's of note because he's at number two in our poll. 56% of voters approve of him taking over in Green Bay. You've got Zach Taylor, who's got a lot of Packers connections, mostly through former head coach Mike Sherman, but no request from the Packers to interview him so far out of Los Angeles, and he as well is interviewing elsewhere. He polled at 24% in our poll. Finally, uh, Vic Fangio, another name a lot of people have talked about in Green Bay, an interesting defensive candidate, polling at 45% in our poll. Uh, No request from the Packers there so far, though, and he is interviewing elsewhere. I'd like to put a bow on this entire discussion the second time I've used that expression in this podcast, but I don't care, kind of like it, uh, by kind of reflecting on a comment that we got from a, a reader slash listener on Twitter who said, it seems like there's too many, and I'm paraphrasing this a little bit to make a little bit more conversational. He says, it seems like there's too many coaching vacancies. I really don't hope the Packers, I really hope the Packers don't waste time interviewing everyone and watch the pond dry up in the process. And I think that is an extremely legitimate concern. I support the idea of casting a broad net in this coaching search and trying to get in touch with a lot of guys and interview a lot of guys. I think that helps you make good decisions when you talk to more people. You don't want to cut yourself short and miss out on somebody who could be potentially good just because you you felt too comfortable with your process. But you also don't want to lose the race against time. Here is the breakdown of what these candidates are doing this week from PackersNews.com because the Packers got company on a bunch of these candidates. Josh McDaniels is also in talks with Cincinnati. Uh, Brian Flores is talking with Miami, Denver, and Cleveland. Mike Munchak is talking with Denver, Cleveland, and Miami. Dan Campbell is talking with Cleveland and Arizona. Jim Caldwell is talking with Cleveland and the New York Jets. And Chuck Pagano is talking with the Denver Broncos. The Packers got to act fast here. Not too fast that they end up missing out on somebody that they could have waited around and gotten in touch with a little bit later but not too slow that they miss out on somebody altogether just because they were trying to talk to other people. This is a very delicate time for the Packers and Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, and you just hope that they have a definite plan as they go through this process. It's been exciting to watch so far. I hope you have an exciting week with us as we watch it play out. We'll be back on Friday with the latest news. That's all I've got for you on this episode. You can check out our continuing coverage at thepowersweep.com. We've got a lot of good stuff coming on this this week and as we continue to wrap up the 2018 season. Stay with us on Facebook and Twitter as well and reach out if you'd be so kind uh, via email through thepowersweep1959 at gmail.com. Support us if you'd be so kind at patreon.com slash thepowersweep. One dollar per month there to phrase all of our podcast hosting costs as well as helping keep this entire operation up and running. If you'd like to literally wear your support for us on your sleeve, check out teespring.com. You can find some of our fine merchandise there by clicking the shop link at thepowersweep.com. And as always, the freest and easiest way to support us is by leaving a review on iTunes. Absolutely free. Five stars, please, but no pressure. We do love to hear from you. Any help, any feedback you give us 
helps us make this entire operation better, such as saying, John, you should work on your diction from time to time because you slur your words occasionally. I do. I go too fast. But any feedback you give us helps us make this entire thing better and helps us all become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we are all trying to be. At least I hope. I'm John Mirnick. I've been your host. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.